pages, combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. Ags combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. Ags combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. Take a look at the world we living in. It's falling apart. Wanna put the glass muscle and guns, but don't show hard. Conversation, let that be a lesson. Speak the truth in the booth, call it confession. Chains of oppression links us together. Any stormy weather, red, blue, black, or white, we can do better. It's AD combos, pay attention. Make links, break chains, yeah, that's the mission. I said, yeah, that's the mission. AD's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AD's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to AG's Convos. We are back in the GB Entertainment. You got me, AG, and Mr. Kenny Smith. Welcome back. What up, doe? It's been a couple weeks, man. It's weird. I ain't got my headphones on today, but uh, this is a this is a great. I, I see why people don't be want want to wear headphones. It's like yeah. you just out here just talking. Now it's just a conversation, right? Yeah. Now I'm just listening to y'all. Yeah, and yeah. I like to I like to listen in for a minute. You know, especially when we got a guest. I try not to keep the headphones on. Yeah, I see you take it off weird. after a while. Like I I'm do because I just I'm just talking to the person that's sitting there. Right, and guess right. what? We got a guest today, and it's a very, very, very special guest. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Xavier. Hey, my on, everyone. son is in the building. What's happening, son? Uh, not much, you know. Same old, same old. <laughs> <laughs> he in his own already. You hear him? You hear him? Hey, hey. Yeah, we uh, we was traveling together this evening, so we had a couple things we were talking about when I picked him up from school, and I was like, "Come to the studio with me." And I got a thing like, "Ah, let's put him on the pod." Yeah, that's that's right. I, he, he got a great voice, though. I, I was in, that's why I was listening to in there. I'm like, damn, he like his daddy. <laughs> you got that in, that that inviting voice, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, your yeah. daddy got it. And, and yeah. You got it, though. You got it too. <laughs> you know, he really likes uh, he likes talking. I don't know where he gets that from. <laughs> he definitely likes talking, and uh, he's got a very diverse vocabulary. So I was like, yeah, you know, and, and there's a lot going on right now with that age group. So there's a couple of different things I wanted to touch on. So I said, yeah, you want to be on it? He was like, uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, you had your daughter on, so it's only right that you had your son. Oh, right no, but you know, the little one, like, really? Like, you just going to leave me hanging? So, uh, oh no, she coming. <laughs> she coming soon. She, she got to come. Soon. But you know, the, the beautiful thing about the distance between my kids is that they're technically all in the same generation. Yeah. But one's on the extreme end of it. The other one's on the extreme end of it, and he's kind of dead in the in middle. In the middle, yeah. Because there's six years between him and uh, Maya, and then there's four years between him and the Oh, wow. So he's there. I mean, that's a, you know what I mean? That's a 10-year span. So mm-hmm. it's it's right there. So it's a perfect, You get perfect a piece thing. of everything, basically. I, that's why I say I stay connected. <laughs> Everybody like, you don't know what you're talking about. Trust me. And then we start getting the nieces everything. and nephews. I got them on either end of another spectrum, so yeah. we're good. Oh, what's up, X? You ready? You ready to yeah, do this? Yeah, I'm ready. It's... You ready to have a conversation? <laughs> yeah, it's exciting for it's sure. Exciting. There you go. All right, so we're gonna be kosher about this, but you want right. to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. You know, um, Xavier Grice, Xavier Arthur Grice, son of 
AG, son of AG. He don't even want to get caught as real man. <laughs> Throw my government <laughs> on the podcast. Come on now, they know me as AG out there. Yeah, it's All funny right. though because it was a while before I ever said my whole name. But go ahead, go ahead. You know, uh, it's just me. Uh, you know, I love art, comic books, pop culture, everything like that. Uh, ninth grader, high school. Ninth grader, high school. You know, starting a new year in a new district. It's uh, it's definitely a new experience. Hmm. The culture diversity in this new school that I'm in is very, it's very eye opening to yeah. a lot of things. You know, yeah. Good. We go, uh, we go touch on that a little yeah. bit. Wow. Yeah, but you said art and comic books. Those are two of your, uh, <laughs> two of your, and video games, of course. And video games as well. Yeah. So you know. I've got a lot of listeners that have teenage children, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And um, in a lot of cases, you know, a lot of parents don't really know how to um, how to weigh the things that their kids are dealing with. You know, and there's a lot of social issues that are affecting a lot of kids in your age group as mm-hmm. well. So I want to touch a little bit on that. I want to touch on how, you know, We've talked about this before, and I said eventually we're going to get to it. I even told Ken, you know, comic books have always been a big part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a, bi- it's a big reason why it's a big part of who you are. Mm-hmm. But there's always been, for me, this association between mental health and comic books. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about this to some extent. So I just want my listeners to have an experience with a teenager that can help them understand some of the stuff their own kids are dealing with. So you mm-hmm. up for that challenge? Yeah, yeah. You, you ready to speak for the uh, the class of 2025? <laughs> <laughs> the whole class and nothing uh, but the class? They're going to be like, he, he speak for himself. <laughs> I don't know what he talk about. That's not what I'm into. That's not what I'm right? But you but know, I, the, uh, the thing about my school, comparison to the other school I was in, it's very, there's I'm not as alone in yeah. the sense that I of my interests and things yeah. like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can see that because mm-hmm. once you get to high school, it's it, it, it's like when you're in, when you're in middle school, you can kind of be alone on the things that you mm-hmm. like. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. most kids might not even be hip to what you into, mm-hmm. but then you get to high school and. You're not weird anymore because you got a whole right. bunch of friends that's in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Playing, exactly. I play video games. I like comic books. Y'all want to go to the comic book store? Yeah, let's go. We right. out. Let's exactly. go. <laughs> y'all want to talk? Game. Y'all want to talk DC? Y'all want to talk all that? I, Marvel, right? And I wasn't one of those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't get me to sit down and and talk about comic books or uh, be talk even talk about video games. I yeah. mean, I played them, but it was sports. It was mostly right. probably a basketball game yeah. or a football game. I really didn't get into all the. Um, you know what I'm saying? The role it, playing games and stuff. Yeah, RPGs yeah. and it's, it's, stuff it's, like that. Sorry, it's RPGs. weird, but it's <laughs> but I wish I would have because now people making millions of dollars off stuff like that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just sitting in, just sitting at their table playing a video game right. and winning competitions and they making a lot of money. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Something that your parents, when well, our parents when we were younger told us that we couldn't do all the time. Right. We were we were. That was um, a missing our opportunity yeah. and, and mm-hmm. falling short of our expectations. They telling us to go outside. <laughs> right. No, you can't play the game. Go outside. Go play <laughs> with your friends, right? Right. That's so, why we end up getting in trouble. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he brought that up because I, I wanted to kind of start there. So you talked about how people in this school district that you're currently in, mm-hmm. you, you don't feel alone. Yeah. This, this sense of belonging is like a big part of this um, – this social anxiety thing. 
Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, from the perspective of a ninth or of a ninth grader, a fifteen-year-old ninth grader who just had a birthday not too long ago, <laughs> from the perspective of a fifteen-year-old ninth grader, what is it about being included that's so different now than you than it was back in the day? Because I told you, like when we were kids, mm-hmm. we had our little cliques, we did our thing, we went out, and we never came back until it was time to come back. Till the streetlights came on, that was always our street thing. Right? Was our the streetlights was our cue. That was our <laughs> back signal to come back to the right. house. And you better hurry up because if the sun go down and the streetlights are on and now it's dark, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You're so you're, when you get yeah. Home. So your window to get home was between the time the lights came on and the time the sun went down. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if you're on the other side of town or if you're on the other side of the street. Yeah, they ain't care where we was at. Right. If the light, if the streetlights went on, you good. You you perfect. As soon as them boys get on, you got to get close to the house. Mm-hmm. Sit on the porch. As long as they see yeah. you on the porch, as long you can as they stay see outside. you on the porch, you can stay outside. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But now it's like this: this whole inclusion thing is different because y'all barely come near each other, mm-hmm. right? You you may see each other at school, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, what is it about being included? What What do you think changed? I think that once we were introduced to new technologies and we were introduced to new concepts of, you know, different ways of entertainment, um, you know, such as video games, uh, the internet, um, streaming, streaming, things like that. I think that once we had a way to interact with one another virtually or on the web Mm. or something like that from a distance, I think we became so accustomed to it to the point where our new generation became just as accustomed, if not more. Yeah. Oh, yes. I truly believe that Mm -hmm. because, uh, it kind of set the standards. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, exactly. All right, I see what I see what my brother or my sister do all day. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just gonna go do exactly right. what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it seems great because you can communicate. You can communicate with so many different people mm-hmm. and play games with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like at the same, we sitting in the we sitting in different places of the world at, at that not even just right. Not right. Even same, next door right. Right. like that we're talking about the world <laughs> right. you might have a great a, one, of the, one of the best men you battle with on Call of Duty and mm-hmm. he in China somewhere right you're like <laughs> this is my best friend right here like we kill everything you know what I'm saying but Charlie never yeah. met each other you know and it's funny you say that because I was watching this TikTok <laughs> not too long ago about this dude that had been like online best friends with this kid for years wow and they had mm-hmm. never i mean they on two separate sides of the world but his wife had found out and he was having a big birthday like his 25th or something and she invited this dude over for his birthday party and they've seen each other because they got the video yeah, chat and everything see, else yeah. but they had never actually physically met each other and they i mean you'd have thought they were long lost siblings mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like damn people really do connect because it, it's not about physical it's exactly. about personality Exactly. People, if people learn that personality is a big thing in communication, right. like, if I like your personality, if we got the same type of personality, we might not be the same type of people. Like, you might be, I might be a kid, right. and you might be a little older than me, right. but our personalities over the internet are the same, though. Right, exactly. We kind of click on that, on that mm-hmm. instant. But in person, 
I wouldn't have never even interacted with you because you're a little kid, though. Right. I'm not about you would have had you. you would have had no idea that that person would have been no, the same. I, I wouldn't even listen to you yeah. talk. Mm-hmm. But on the game, we have the same personality, so therefore I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. But isn't that a little dangerous though? Because we we're always telling our girls and our yeah. kids, you know, be careful, don't talk to strangers. People have you know malicious intent, and they have their own interest or whatever else. And it's like you know, I don't want this pedophile talking to my daughter. You right. know what I mean? Or I don't want this grown man talking to my little son but to your point some guys are just little kids at heart they you know what i mean kids. that's just like michael jackson he was right. just a mm-hmm. kid Could you imagine if michael jackson was on dc universe oh my gosh <laughs> you know what i mean it would be a whole different ball game right. but he would probably be so in his zone he might forget music at that yeah, point right. you know what i mean yeah. but and, and i guess that's a part of it so we talk about belonging we talk about inclusion and you say okay you know, a lot of people are in this space because it was created and we mm-hmm. found a way to mature it and, and to kind of become engaged in it and involved in it on this this macro level. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But at the same time, you've got these risk factors. You've got these threats. You've got these Internet bullies. You've mm-hmm. got these keyboard comrades or whatever yeah. you want to call them. Yeah. Cyber bullies. And cyber bullies. Yeah. So how do you how do you know? when you're getting too deep with somebody in that space. Because there's a lot of parents that are yeah. listening to their kids. And, you know, they wake up, they got a great attitude, they go in the basement, or they go in their game room, and they come out, and all of a sudden it's like, what the hell happened to my kid? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you know that something they experienced or somebody they encountered completely changed their yeah. mood. And some of it becomes suicide. Some mm-hmm. of it becomes sexual assault. So it's like, what, what should we be looking for? If I'm a parent, which I am, yeah. of a kid that I keep close contact of and we communicate. We yeah. talk to each other. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. I see you acting weird, I'm going to check you about it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of parents don't do that because they'll go to their kid and say, hey, what's going on? And all of a sudden it's, F you, mom, I don't want to talk to you about this. Why are you getting into my business? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What's what's causing that? What are we missing? I think that it's just a matter of the parent themselves. You know, like mm. if there's a single parent in the house, whether it be mom or dad, whether it be... Uh, a female child or a man child, it becomes that much harder because, you know, parenting, I've always seen it as a two-person job. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's a disconnect between those parents and the child, it becomes almost like they're getting used to it. The kid. The kid is getting used to the disconnect with their parents. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when a child at a young age is exposed to certain things and their parents aren't there to tell them, no, you can't do this or that this is wrong or those parents allow or they try to get that message across to their children. But the child just becomes so, so it's defensive, defensive. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good way to say it. They become so offen- defensive, and then the parent just goes along with it. Mm-hmm. They kind of break down. Because but you don't want to draw this, drive this wedge exactly. between you and your kid. Right. And it's kind of ironic when you think about it. The parents are driven by the fear of driving a wedge between their children and them, but they're not even realizing that by accepting the wrongness in their child— they're doing that they're doing exact exactly same thing. That, yeah. mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's the smart dude, man. I, I get it. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm looking at it from a standpoint of um, how my sister raised my nephew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I got a nephew. He got shot 
and he's paralyzed from the waist down. Mm. He's only 16. So, and this is for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And that disconnect with him came from my sister not being uh, interactive with him and letting him do his thing, trying to let him just go ahead and just have these moments and tantrums and Mm -hmm. all this stuff, but really crying out for help for real. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it ended up him hanging around the wrong crowd and the wrong type right. of people and then end up where he at today now. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. he's still at a, at a point where he kind of yeah. in disbelief. Like my sister asked me the other, told me the other day that he had went to see the, a therapist or something like that and he asked him, when is this going to be over? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's still not processing that this is never going to be over. Yeah. You're going to be like this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. This is not a thing that's going to heal because you're young and your body just going to accept. It's, no, brother, you really is yeah. done. Mm-hmm. The old man you see in the wheelchair that was was injured in Nam, mm-hmm. you like him you, now. You him, yes. Right. For the Unless rest of your life. they come up with some kind of super chip that they can put in you and you start walking again. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, bro. You're yeah. you're done. But, but you, that disconnect came from, I, I see when you were saying, when, as you was explaining it, I'm seeing the situation with my sister and my nephew. Like, mm. that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, she went off and, she got other kids, but she went off and just, with, I ain't saying she was doing nothing wrong because she got a great she job. She want to let him live his... She was yeah. just, she was a single mother. Right. Like he said, father and mother in the house. It was only a mother there. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's a son. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, how do yeah. I raise my son? Opposite sex parent. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, it no, was weird. No, so no oversight. he trying to be out here and be a man. At the same time, you don't know how to teach him to be a man, but you're yelling and screaming at him every time he do something wrong. Right. And mm-hmm. he like, well, I'm just going to go and be a man the way that I think I know how to be a man, which is the NBA young boy style. Right, you right. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> well, that's his point of reference. Yeah. You know, exactly. we, we get to a situation where we allow them to let all these outside influences yeah. be what we can't be because we're either distracted by the other kids or we're taking on the whole load by ourselves or we're, the parents sometimes are fighting yeah. and mm-hmm. creating an environment where they're completely oblivious to what's happening around them because mm-hmm. they're so fixated on trying to tear each other apart. Yeah. So you, But you bring up a point... Xavier, that I um, that I wanted to touch on, which is this manipulation piece. Mm. So when you say, you know, hey, you've only got one kid in the house, he's creating this environment where the parent can either choose to let him be his own person or choose to get involved. And in either case, they're they're basically relinquishing some responsibility over this kid. Right. So now you're talking about a kid intentionally manipulating their parents' input in their lives. Mm-hmm. Where has that ever been a good thing? I don't think it's ever been a good thing. Whenever someone, whenever there's a parent in the house, it's better than no parents. Sure. So, and as a parent, it's that it's that person's job to make. If it's a single parent, right, mm-hmm. and it's a young child, yeah. it's that parent's job responsibility to ensure the proper growth of that child yeah. and, and what i'm what i'm hoping to mm-hmm. get out of this is a is a teenager's perspective on a parent's role yeah so you know and you're you're addressing it perfectly mm-hmm. but you're addressing it from as a child this is what my expectation of a parent is right yeah which tells us the listening audience and the parents this is what your kid 
should be hoping to get out of you as a parent. Whether or not you're doing that is on you. Mm-hmm. And what comes of that is going to be reflected in them. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me, I, I'm, I'm glad you're approaching it from that perspective. Because, mm-hmm. you know, my listeners want to know what, what's going on in my kid's head. Okay. What is their expectation of me? Mm-hmm. And as you're a teenager? Saying, as a teenager. Right. And you're saying... Regardless of what their expectation of you is, this is how you get through to them. Mm -hmm. So now that you've clarified that, if you want to get through to your kids, you have to do it in this fashion. What Mm -hmm. is it that the kids, why do you think, in your opinion or from your experiences, why do you think the kids are so rejecting of their parent involvement? I think it has something to do with, you know, the older the older the child is when he gets to a teenage stage or her when they get to that teenage stage, they become interested in certain things. And, like well, for me, it was pop culture, as in comic books, um, video games, movies, superheroes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that has something to do with you because of your interest in comic books, superheroes, pop culture, etc. But when there's a teenager in the house and he or she has a certain interest in something and they don't share that interest with their parent or their parental figure that's in the house, it becomes, it creates a disconnect. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's kind of like when you're, when you have a, when a teenager has a friend, Mm -hmm. a teenager is not going to be friends with someone who likes something completely different as to what they like. Right. So when it's kind of similar to their parents, when they feel like they don't have any kind of deeper bond other than we share the same blood and you are my parent, other than anything other than that, it creates, I want to say, a certain temperament inside of that child. And that it grows. Intolerance. Intolerance, exactly. Right. And when you're a teenager all the hormones and things like that, things changing, you know, you're going to have weird little like emotional outbursts, yeah. things like that. <laughs> Given, I mean, I've you experienced them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Given being someone who has experienced those, but to have a, have a teenager who can't, who hasn't been influenced by a parent, I can't even imagine that because it seems really, it seems so sad that a, ch- that a teenager would have a parent in the house but has nothing in common, to, in with, common that with, that per- with that parent. That's who raised you. Exactly. Right? And that's, that is a weird thing. Like, uh, but we know it happens. It, it, and it, it, it becomes you're, you're going out here trying to find that mm-hmm. person that, that you can, that you yeah. can be I, like. Like, right. I, I want to yeah. be. That's why a lot of people, a lot of kids end up in the streets because they like, I'm outside trying to find that person. And you right. end up finding a drug dealer on the corner and he teach you how mm-hmm. to sell drugs. And yeah. you're like, right. oh, this is my person. Right. I like yeah. this. That's, yes, what, that's exactly girl. what I was about to get into. <laughs> you know, um, I can see, I can see why certain people when they're in their teenage years, why they would adapt to certain figures that they mentally create as another parent, you mm-hmm. know, someone that they can rely on and trust and love and look up to. And mm-hmm. naturally, when you have those feelings towards something, any kind of figure at all, you will naturally grow up to be like that person. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's say, like you said, if there was a, a child who was living on the streets and then found a drug. Yeah, a drug, drug he going to adapt mm-hmm. to that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Or even, even music. 
mm-hmm. is so influential right now in these yeah, days with these kids. So absolutely. It's like you can listen to a, a rapper and he's talking about shoot shoot everything, popping mm-hmm. up everything, but then he also has some kind of positive message in there somewhere. Right. right. And you take that positive message and be like, ah, oh, he trying to teach me like a parent, but I like the little pop, pop, shoot, shoot thing, so right. I'm going I'm to emulate that. Exactly. But I'm going to have some principles behind myself. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's fine, but it's the wrong road. It's the though. wrong road. Right. You're going to end up in something that you don't, you're going to end up in jail just because you just followed down that path. Exactly. Even though you was like, dang, I knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. But, but you just, still did it. I did it because this is the person that, he did I it too. That I look you know up to. I think he did it anyway because he yeah. said he did it. Right, he pretend like he did it, he even though he, he never did. did. You don't know right. if he did it or not. Unless Walmart got it on video. He said, "Don't <laughs> let nobody disrespect me. I'm not gonna let nobody disrespect me. Not if, even if they telling me the right thing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like if somebody on the streets or your mama, your mama come in the house and start disrespecting you, and y'all don't, y'all not on the same terms. Right. You gonna cuss her out. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that becomes the issue. You start taking this outside influence into the home and, and that's when the parents are like where is this coming from this right. oh it's his video games or it's his friends or it's this or, or it's the that phone or something. right or it's the phone take the phone but the fact of the matter is it's your absence mm-hmm. your absence create this like you said this void, void that needs to be filled Build. by this kid mm-hmm. and they fill it with whatever they can get their hands on exactly so they get their hands on the game they get their hands on the phone they get their hands on these these devices that gives them this exposure to all of these other resources and then when they do go out into the world they're looking to emulate what they've bonded with in these devices and it turns out to be a drug dealer or a gang mm-hmm. banger or a, a, a manipulator mm-hmm. or whatever the situation mm-hmm. is and they're like oh I've seen somebody do this and now I know somebody that's actually doing it in real life so I can say this is a real thing and it really works I'm watching it work for him so I'm going to ask this person to help me do it then I'm going to take that same experience back home and when I see how he talked to his mother or how he treated the teacher the authority figure mm-hmm. or how he talked to the police or how he handled this encounter I know it works. I've seen it. I heard about it first. Now I've seen it. I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm starting to build my character around that individual. Mm -hmm. So when you go to your mama and you say something silly and you respond the same way he did, which is the same way you saw him do it on the video game or on the YouTube channel or on the TikTok channel, Mm -hmm. your mother look at you like, you ain't heard that shit from here. That that didn't come from this house. Where you get that from? And you like, you you wouldn't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. There ain't even no explanation. There is no explanation because they don't have one. You don't have no understanding of, you don't know my life. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? You ain't got a life. I'm your life. I am your life. But if you're not their lives, for real, in their their eyes, Mm because you're not there, you're like, dude, you go to work all day. I'm at home. I'm at school most of the time. And then Mm -hmm. I come home and I'm waiting for you to get off work. And sometimes you don't come home straight from work. You probably go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I'm at home by myself. I'm fending for myself. You might have food in the refrigerator, but I got to go cook it. I'm basically being a grown-up already. And I'm only... 14, 15 years old, just sitting here. So you about to cheat the system. Mm-hmm. You, about to, you about to have your Steve Harvey moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you don't know what that's about. Maybe you do know what that's about, but you I about to have idea. your Steve Harvey, Harvey moment. So what we're basically saying is we are conscious, and you have just you know, kind of uh, reiterated that mm-hmm. children get their influences from things that we make available to you. Right. 
Because if we didn't give you the video games, you couldn't play it. Mm-hmm. If we didn't give you the internet connection, you couldn't connect these devices or the cell phone or whatever. Said mm-hmm. you at your age and people from your age down to Kennedy's age, they yeah. don't have the means to get these things on their own. There's mm-hmm. a lot of parent participation that put them in their hands. Yeah, where are we going wrong? Honestly, I think it just is a matter of protection on the parents' part. You know, you can have cert you can have certain um equipment that you can use to access like the internet or something like that mm-hmm. but you know being a parent it's your job to protect your children and that includes things that you're going to find on the internet mm-hmm. and certain things that you are shouldn't be exposed to as a child mm-hmm. so let's say um let's say there was a certain song that had certain uh cuss words in it or certain messages like some mm-hmm. subliminal messages that were not very you know appealing or you know appropriate to childhood for to child to children exactly so let's say that situation happened and somehow a child got their hands on it mm-hmm. it wasn't because of you know, they went out, or, or maybe they did. Maybe they went out and they found it somewhere else on some outside source. But it was the parent's job to protect their child from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when a child, when a child has access to a phone or any other device, it is because of the parent. Mm-hmm. It's because the parent put that put, uh, put that device in their child's yeah. hands. But you know, there's certain things that you can do that can protect. That can still protect their child from that yeah. um from certain things on the internet so okay so okay so there's a few things we can do right so uh-huh. one we can put uh rating restrictions on your devices right if it's rated r it won't come up if, right. if it's nudity or sexually related mm-hmm. your phone will reject it mm-hmm. you know you can go as far as to say kid only and if it ain't got you know mm-hmm. 40 colors in it it won't show up it's mm-hmm. got to be cartoon animated base and it has to have a pg or better rate right yeah. we can do that yeah that right can happen. exactly that can absolutely happen and to the extent necessary we do it mm-hmm. at our home you know but at the same time when you do that now you've created this monster in the house <laughs> in a lot of cases not in all cases because mm-hmm. To your point, until you've been exposed to it, you don't know it's there. Yeah. So once you become exposed to it and it becomes something you become addicted to to some extent, Mm -hmm. we talk about that a lot, you know, addictive personality and Mm -hmm. addiction. Addiction doesn't necessarily have to just be drugs. Mm -hmm. It can be anything. You can be addicted to anything. Anything that gives you joy. Right. Anything that gives you joy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's how we explain it to them. That's how we explain it to him. If it gives you joy, you can be addicted to it. No, because I'm very fortunate to have two parents in the house that not only go out of their way to, you know, make me happy and um, try to protect me from all the bad things in our world, but at the same time, make me aware, Yeah, you know? And I think that's where a lot of parents go wrong. Yeah, they don't, but a lot of them don't even know though. Yeah. That's the crazy part about it. Like, And it it goes back to their You're saying what you're saying, and a lot of these parents Mm -hmm. don't even know Mm -hmm. how to even get to that point where they they can communicate with their kids like that. Right. Like, you, you're blessed with two great parents. I already know that because Arthur's yeah. a great guy. But I'm just saying, like, most parents, I, my communication with my father is not the way your communication with your father is. And I'm pretty sure that's because that's not the way the communication with his father was. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm going to break that cycle instantly. I'm about mm-hmm. to do something different. I'm mm-hmm. going to communicate. Yeah. But a lot of parents don't even like to really communicate with their kids. They just want to see them blossom into something 
You'd be like, Something all right, if you get into sports, I want to see you blossom into this great sports person. And right. To me, that becomes the issue. Mm-hmm. We want the best for our children. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to be responsible for giving. You don't want to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like we we here. We're gonna make you. We're gonna give you access to everything that every other kid has access to. And there's kids out here making a million dollars on YouTube. So yeah. whatever they got access to, I'm gonna give you access to. I'm just cross my fingers, close my eyes, and hope you come out like they did. And it's like, eh, it don't work like that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of participation in those parents' lives. Yeah. It, you can't send your kids to school and expect the teacher to raise them, and then after the teacher get done with them, the coach to raise them, and then after the coach get done with them, you just send them home, and they and, eat dinner. Yeah. And they homeboys' friends or and, parents raise them. Yeah, and then you send them outside and let them go outside, or you send them and let them sit on the video game because they're doing good in school, mm-hmm. when all actuality, these kids these days, they done figured out how to get past all that academic. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. they be, I, I mean, immaculate, smart. I'd be like, mm-hmm. dude, you getting all A's? Mm-hmm. But they're acting out, though, yeah. at the same yeah. time, though. Like, my, my niece like that. She she got all A's this last quarter. And I was like, oh, you got all A's? I gave her some money and everything. Like, that was great. But talk to her parent. Yeah. Either mm-hmm. one of them, they'd be like, oh, she was such and such and such and such. I'm like, not with them grades. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. <laughs> because there is a, there's an element there, mm-hmm. and you see it a lot in certain communities, mm-hmm. certain types of demographic communities. What I'm seeing is that it it's almost like too hard to fail. Like mm-hmm. you, you literally got to be not showing up, not trying, cussing at the teachers, <laughs> Starting fights in school mm-hmm. and burning up your own homework yeah. mm-hmm. to get a seat. Yeah, they're giving out. They're, they're giving out the. They're good making grades. it as easy as possible because there's so many other factors going on in these kids' lives. They got problems at home. They can't eat. The mother just got um, released from her job. The father just got arrested. Whatever the situation might have. The last thing they want to do was complicate all of that and create that much more hostility in an education environment when mm-hmm. it's the only place that they might be getting a meal from. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about that not too long ago. You know how many kids only, only eat, eat at, at school? school? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's it? Yeah. That's the end of their day. They come So home. Saturday and Sunday, they're just screwed. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've seen it. I got cousins that have been through that. Right. I, I just, it's not, and it's not new. It, but it's nothing I've new. It. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing now is with all of these other mental health issues that the parents are going through, mm-hmm. that the grandparents are going through, that the kids are going through, all of these things, the school systems are saying, we can't add to that. So mm-hmm. if they want to dress weird, then we just kind of have to turn a blind eye to it. If they don't, if they want to question their sexual orientation, then we just kind of have to, if if they, you know, if we can do anything to lighten their anxiety load, then we're going to do that. But it's like, well, wait a minute. But you're creating a, the environment that I don't want my kid exposed to. Mm-hmm. So where's the balance? You're seeing this. Mm-hmm. You're seeing this every yeah. day. How, you know, as a parent, okay, when a parent is sending their kid into an environment with minimal to no oversight Mm. to the point where they're getting straight A's Mm -hmm. in math. But when you ask them to count the change in that drawer, Mm -hmm. they can't do it. Where do you, where do you think parents need to spend more time? Do you think they need to spend more time with the kid and try to keep them away from some of these negative influences? Or do you think they need to spend more time with the schools and be more engaged in the actual education process? Honestly, I feel like with schools, depending on the 
let's say, uh, if it's family-oriented or not. Um, the school? The school, yeah. The school, mm-hmm. if it's a family-oriented school, that means, like, as if the the parents of the students that attend the school have an impact, like a true impact. I think it just depends on, you know, if it's a public or family-oriented. Yeah. Now, with me, I've been exposed to both. Um, mm-hmm. My older school was closer to my, closer to my district. I mean, I'm th- pretty sure yeah. we were right there. It was family oriented. Um, my parents constantly went in, had conversations with the teachers, the principals, and even made some changes. Mm-hmm. But in this new school I'm going to, it's public. It's in a city. I'm exposed to many more aspects of what teenagers are capable of than I was in my other school. Right. And honestly, I think that when it comes to a family oriented school or a like a close to home school. I think it just depends with community if, with the community involvement. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that is a big part. That community part. Yeah. yeah. Because if the community is involved, then that means everybody is held accountable within the their, school district, w- within, right? For their child, and other parents can can help you hold your your weight because right. they can see. Because right now, all we got is kids raising kids. Basically, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Like. That's why the kids act like they act now. It's right. because mm-hmm. of it's your mama don't know how to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. She had you somehow, some way. Maybe it was uh, her baby daddy because she ain't it ain't you ain't in the two family home. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's weird. You know what I'm saying? Like you basically doing what your parents doing. If my if my mama at home all day on the internet, yeah, doing TikToks and and watching Facebook and all that, what I'm gonna be doing at the house? Exactly. At the house, Same thing. Watching. TikTok, doing internet stuff. I might go off in my corner for a little minute, play mm-hmm. my little game, do do something. But at the end of the day, what I'm seeing is my mama on the phone, chopping right. it up, going on Facebook. Girl, you see what's on Facebook? And you going on Facebook like, let me see what my mama talking about. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> I see it too. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's um, that definitely has something to do with the people that I see in my school. Yeah. They're... they're there's this, there's like a, I've put everybody into a kind of like a category, category in my yeah. in my school. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've put everybody in a certain group that I like to call. Um, but I've seen, I can tell whenever I look at somebody, I can almost immediately kind of understand where they would get like their influences from. Mm. You know, like whenever I see a group of girls in the hall making TikToks when they should be in class or something, I can tell... Maybe when they go home, they're having parents that might be doing the same things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so... Or kids that bully or, or smoke or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Something like that. You, everybody got their... You got your groups. Your right. groups of kids. Exactly, yeah. And I'm interested to know, what do you call these people? What? Do, what You said you got, <laughs> you got names for them. I'm interested to know oh, the yeah. names now. Like, what's the names? Honestly... <laughs> So, I mean, I know they're in your head, like, yeah, oh, that's the such-and-such group. Uh-huh. That's the such-and-such group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess when it, when it comes to... It just depends what you're talking about, honestly. Just uh, name the groups. We can see if we can figure yeah, out yeah, All yeah, right, so up, uh, we got we got the Ratchet Girls. Oh, oh yeah, obvious. we know what they are. You know what yeah. they are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. City right. Girls, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ratchet Girls. Go ahead. What's the other one? <laughs> All right, and then next we got, let's say, how... Maybe this may be a little cliche, but hear me out. We got the nerds. 
Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, you got those. But this is where it comes in. Nerds can be indifferent. They can be, there's different types of nerds, you know. Yeah, because what you're saying that you're mm-hmm. into, uh, somebody might category you as a nerd. As a nerd. Man, but if you're I, not that, though. Yeah, if I had a dollar for every time I've been called a nerd, <laughs> I literally would be a millionaire. <laughs> I'm being so like, serious. What you like to watch? Oh, I just, I just, I just like played, Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. I play. I read comic books. They were like, "Oh, you're oh, you a nerd." A nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, nah, I'm not a nerd, but <laughs> you know, whenever I think of the word nerd, I don't know. I just find some kind of comfort. Do you think it's like, in it. Is, exactly. is it? Is it? Is it uh, the nerds in your category? When you say, "Oh, those are the nerds." Those are the nerds. Those are the nerds. Like. Book smart, like very very smart guys. I would, yeah, yeah. It's well, it's, it's different categories, like you yeah, said. I think like, I think what a nerd is mm-hmm. is a kid that's not out making trouble. Yeah, exactly. If you think about it realistically. Yeah, we we've always kind of held it that way. S- set, they sit to the side. You consider them weird, mm-hmm. so you like he don't never do nothing. Yeah, he ain't never in trouble. He ain't got no girls with him. He right. ain't, he ain't sagging his pants. Right. I ain't seen him fight. You know, he ain't got oh, no he's a nerd. pistol with him. He got to be a nerd. Right. The girls and ain't that, flocking to him. The right. boys ain't hanging out with him. He got to be a nerd. And, you know, when it comes with, with uh, when I was, like, back to what I was saying, I was saying, you know, with the nerds, you know, I've always found some kind of comfort in it because I know that, in my mind, it's categorized. You know, there's the people that, you know, I was called nerds by who, you know, they called me a nerd because I liked Spider-Man and I liked comic books and I liked things that, you know, weren't really the topic of discussion with the all time, the other right. kids. Exactly. Right. But, you know, with with nerds, I think it just means, in my mind, someone who isn't, you know, A, out making trouble, and B, is very into something that gives them joy. Right. You know, something, something good, something that doesn't uh, conflict with uh, A, but right. also is a, so, is a sort of... A sort of a thing. peaceful thing, yeah, and that's what I, that's what I've always seen uh, my interests as. Yeah, you know, I can see, you know, if I've had a bad day or something at school, maybe like, I don't know, I got in a fight with a friend or something, maybe I got a bad grade. You know, I I've always got books, I've always got comic books, I've got my my Pop, Funko Pops, I've got all these little clicks things like all these little things nerdy that I'm, things yeah things people will <laughs> yeah, consider nerdy nerd things. nerd <laughs> items yeah, yeah. people will call nerdy right and yeah. you know but that's just me but there's other things you know some people are into computers some people are into just reading novels you know some people are into i'm also into drawing right. so there's people into drawing i think i think, I think a nerd to me would be like Mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. You're <laughs> if you if you doing Dungeons and Dragons and you playing that like you know how they play the board game. The yeah. and, uh, if you really into that and that brings you joy, like I watch Big Bang Theory a lot. Yeah, and I, those are nerds. Yeah, total yeah, nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like definition of nerd. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But very very smart and intellectual people that makes me laugh. All I watch it so much. Right. I don't watch every episode basically. So <laughs> I watch it so much because they teach me. Mm. Nerds is good because they teach you. They right. definitely teach you in their even if they're only teacher. <laughs> even if they're only teaching you about the things that they're nerd about. They're nerd about. Right. Like, I've never. Know, it could be cars. I know nothing about right. It could be cars. And drugs, it could be music. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of people that I've come become accustomed to over the course of the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, that's a music nerd. Mm-hmm. I mean, music nerds do. I mean. Know this equipment, know this stuff right. like the he back comes of the, into the studio. Like, he seems everything. Yeah, they like they, they just zone out, and mm-hmm. it's like. But at the same time, 
you know, these are people you wouldn't necessarily mess with either. Mm-hmm. It's just that they, when they get into their groove, I mean, I'm yeah. nerdy about a few things. Yeah. You know, I know for a fact I am. I mean, and call me a nerd. I don't care because yeah. I don't care I what don't, you call at, me. At, at mm-hmm. this age, we yeah. want to be nerds. Right. The best nerd we can be. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. But, but at the same time, to what age. he was saying earlier, you know, there's some 40, 50-year-old men on on the the games yeah, playing, playing Call of Duty. Right. You know what I mean? They're game nerds. Exactly. And they're game nerds. Right. And they playing with little kids. They mm-hmm. don't care what age you As long as you're good, they don't right. care what age you is. Mm-hmm. You can be 10 and you're the best shooter that you got. And I think you know my squad. Yeah, <laughs> I think that comes from a from a sense of you know that person if they were older and they had the if they had the knowledge that the person that they were playing with online is young, I think that they're trying to make up for past you know past um how you say loss lost opportunities mm. for not being who they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Let's say let's say there was somebody who who was in my school who wanted to act tough, right? But let's say I'm in class with him and I see him watching Spider-Man or, or the new Batman movie that came out. Mm-hmm. Let's say I see him watch that. I come over to him and I'm like, hey, you like Batman? And he's like, uh, yeah, why? And I was and I just be like, I like Batman, too. That's cool. That personality would shift so hard from yeah. from tough guy act to you know, soft and gentle, yeah. kind person who just likes this. Batman. Let's talk about this. And I've experienced, I've literally experienced this in my school. Like one of my, cl- I'm literally telling a true story. It's my classmate. He literally was, wa- I saw him watching the Batman movie on his tablet or his Chromebook. And in I came school, over. Of course, that's a good idea. <laughs> right, yeah. But I came over to him and I was like, hey, you like Batman? And he's like, yeah, why? And I was just like, I like Batman too. Like I said, but I haven't really talked too much to him since. It's literally just happened like a few few weeks ago. But, you know, I can tell whenever I see him with his friends, like walking down the hall, he acts so different. Yeah, and they like don't know he likes like Batman. Like he put, like he put exactly. Right. He's he's got a tattoo on his hand. He's got he he you would think that he was like some kind of like gangster or yeah. something like that. But, you know, when you if you like I, I always like to think people act differently. People act like themselves when no one else is in the room. Right. And if somebody, if someone knew that someone was watching them, they would be so different. They would put on a facade. Glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Exactly. Because that's all that. That's all we're talking about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why so many people are like, when when crazy things happen, they be like, I never knew this side of my child. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of couple that with what we were talking about earlier, which is parents being involved and mm-hmm. parents actually having relationships with their children, they're only going to have a relationship with the child that they know mm-hmm. in their private space. Right. But then that child goes to school and they can still become somebody else. Mm-hmm. How does a parent get to know that child? I think it's just, you know, it's a matter of sitting down and trying to let let your child talk. You know, be make them feel like they're in a space where they can, you know, they can a trust you enough to be honest and open with you without the risk of you hurting them, and you know, b <laughs> listen, no, 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 because listen, 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 pretty much, you gotta, you gotta let them, you gotta listen, and you gotta let them talk. Pretty yeah. much, you know, those two things have to go hand give them, in hand. Give them their communication. Yeah, because a lot. I see. I see what you're saying. Because a lot of parents. I don't have kids, so mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a window watcher. I watch out a lot of windows. Mm-hmm. And a lot of <laughs> a lot of parents don't give their mm-hmm. chance an option to talk. Mm-hmm. Get out of here, grown folks talking. Right. Right. Nah, right. Nah. 
Or if they come in and say, well, mommy, I seen such and such and such and such. Ah, ain't nobody. You don't know nothing. You a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. is grown folks talking. You know what I'm like, saying? Why like, not, why not just try and teach your child about something that they yeah. just experienced? That, that conversation makes your child grow up and be like, I can talk to my uh-huh. my parent, uh-huh. my father, my mother. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And we yeah. can have a conversation without me feeling like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a whooping, or I'm gonna get sent to my room. Mm-hmm. She gonna take something away from me that I really like to do, mm-hmm. or she gonna tell me I can't go outside, or she gonna tell me I can't go to my basketball game, and I really wanted to play in the basketball game, <laughs> like all that, like stuff like there, that. There yeah. is, there is a, there's a fine line though, because you know, we get told all the time, "Oh, your son, he, you know, he's so well spoken and this mm-hmm. and that." It's because we talk to him, yeah, and we yeah, talk to him, we talk to him like the person we want. To interact with, we don't talk to them one day, right? And they got to be prepared for that. And I tell my kids that all the time. You don't just wake up eighteen and all of a sudden you're prepared to be an adult. Mm -hmm. It don't work like that. There's you have to graduate to that point. You Mm -hmm. have to become an adult. You don't appear as an adult. You don't just you have to prep for age is just a number. I love (laughs) saying that. But the experience you get prior to that says a lot about the person you become after the fact. Mm -hmm. But at the same time. Kids have a way of overextending themselves, overstaying oh, yeah. their welcome. These kids these days? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. They got, you can, they're super You, you can give them a, a voice, but you sometimes they don't know when to shut up. Yeah. And I'm the quickest one to say that. <laughs> yeah, shut, shut up. Yeah. I heard you, but, that's, that's, but I don't care anymore. We'll be on that point. That's your parenting, parenting style. Though. right? Mm-hmm. And that's why he respects you when you say, all right, now that's enough, Xavier. Mm-hmm. Right. He's going to be like, all right, dad ain't playing no more. You know oh, they, they know when let I'm me, they know when I'm willing to listen and when they need to shut the hell up. Right. Like oh, now you're going too far. Who right. are you talking to? Right. We ain't going down that road at all. But there's some parents who would just let their kids just go keep off on going. That tangent. But right. those become the kids that go to school and do the same thing to the and teacher. They and become entitled. Like I talk to my mama like this, right. what makes you think I ain't gonna talk to you like this? Exactly. That's where I categorize the ratchet girls. Yeah, like literally Okay, so my my first period class every other day there's this the the ratchet girls are in my room in my same classroom and they talk to my teacher like they're adults yeah like as if they know better or something he's he's over here trying to teach and they act like they have something better to do like i'm i'm over here in the back and they're in the they're further in, in the, the back, back, back in the back back <laughs> and they're over here <laughs> they're over here yelling at the teacher like no, I'm not going to stop making a TikTok or I'm not going to stop um, wearing my AirPods. Like, who are you to tell me that I can't do something I want to do? I, I see this, it already. This is not the place or the time for you to be doing something like that. Like, I understand the want to, you know, do something that you enjoy. I understand that better than most people. When right. you want to do something you enjoy in a environment that is not particularly appealing to you. Mm-hmm. So, i.e. school. Like honestly, it's it's become such a trend for kids to find some kind bring, of bring, bring their, their joy, their to, joy school. to school, <laughs> or and then yeah. that's where the school kind of goes along with it, and it creates clubs and stuff like that to right. try to to that's try what to I was make. Getting at earlier, mm-hmm. we, I, we I could tell we can't we can't push them away. We can't be we got to involve them. We got to get involved. So mm-hmm. let's create these clubs. Let's 
Let's put unisex uh, signs on the bathrooms. I don't know. Let's now, let's have this. Let's have that. Now I respect the the idea of you know trying to make the kids more involved. Yeah. I respect that, but there has to be kids. a line. They're still kids, yeah. right? We're still we're still underdeveloped. We're still hormonal teenagers. We're gonna make bad decisions, and you know the teachers being adults, they should know that they need to. That this is not an area or a time or a place for you to be without boundaries. Without boundaries, exactly. Like when you're in class and the teacher's over here trying to like teach you math or something or some kind of something about economics, whatever, and you're in the back making a TikTok and it's loud enough for people in the front to hear it, that is so, that is obnoxious and blatant disrespect to the teacher. Can you imagine how teachers feel every single day? Because of the kids that are in their classrooms, honestly, whenever that they can't like, even really respond exactly. to exactly like because now the teachers are getting mm. in trouble because the parents are getting yeah. going to the principal. Going, Why are you believe. yelling at my child? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right, exactly. That that little back and forth play game yeah. that mm-hmm. we don't even want to get into because it's like, dude, I'm trying to teach your child is being disruptive. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get this child out of my class now. Yeah. I want right. him out. I want her or him out. I don't want him in my class no more. Mm-hmm. But he ain't gonna do nothing but go to the next class and do the same thing. Exactly. And, and you got parents getting teachers fired for yes. doing their job. And that's I've always like whenever I see stories about <laughs> teachers getting fired because of complaints by the parents, I've always felt I've always felt so bad because the teacher's not doing anything wrong. They're literally just doing their job. Yeah. And but if, I, when you got a click of kids, mm-hmm. say it's like say it's like all right. So the teacher and the parent is in in in, in disagreement. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, the parent goes to the other parents mm-hmm. and be like, "Are you experiencing the same right. thing?" Mm. <laughs> now these are the kids that your kid is friends right. with, though. Right. So of course they're gonna be like, oh, Xavier, he don't be doing nothing, knowing that he doing something. But right. they're gonna be like, no, he don't mm-hmm. be doing that. Teacher just, we need to get him out of there. So right. now they they join forces. Now you got a whole bunch of parents saying, get him out of there because my right. kids say he do the same yeah. thing when it really ain't that though. You got nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It's just that I want to keep my boy in my class, or I want to keep my girl in my class. So, I don't want her to go. Nowhere. So they, I mean, there's only so much. <laughs> there's only so much that as parents we can do to really manipulate or, or or control some of these issues. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is these kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for sometimes. <laughs> and what we gotta what we gotta mm. take the time to do is humble them in a way to help them realize there are consequences to, to your, your actions. actions. This is what I, I tell Xavier all the time. You know, yeah, you might get away with something. You know, there might be some benefit, some temporary benefit from this mm-hmm. dumb decision that you're about to make, but there's going to be a consequence. It doesn't last forever. It do- the benefit doesn't last forever, but the impact can. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were talking about this on the way to school. Mm-hmm. You know, there's those three things that teenage kids are most likely to experience mm-hmm. that have lifelong impacts. Mm-hmm. Drug use, sex, mm-hmm. and... Uh, what was the other one? It was uh, illnesses. Illnesses, yeah. You you use the wrong drug the first time, it could you could be hooked on it the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You have the wrong sexual encounter the first time, 
it can result in a child being born the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You make the wrong decision the first time, you could be stuck with a virus that you'll never get rid of for the rest of your life. And it's in those teenage years that that susceptibility becomes so high because they are so stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're trying so hard to fit in that they make mm-hmm. that one decision. Oh, okay, I'll hit that. And now yeah. it, they didn't know it was laced with formaldehyde or, or something like fentanyl that. Fentanyl or something. Yeah. And now they're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, I'll kiss her. And now you got mono or you got, you know, Some chlamydia, kind of something that's stuck with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I'll have sex without a condom. And now she's pregnant and you got a kid for the rest of your life. That yeah. that don't go away. I think, I think society exposed kids to so much and give kids so much um access mm-hmm. so much access and so much credit like like you guys are the future you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying mm-hmm. and since you guys are the future we need to not make you uh be a- as we are but to adapt as you are yeah right? and when you, you get it, when you get into the right. chaos that is society i think Given how everybody has their own, you know, has their own thoughts and opinions about certain things. And whenever whenever I see, you know, different people talking about certain things, it's like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like people overcomplicate everything yeah. when it comes to, you know, development. When it comes that. to white, you know, I honestly I see the world in black and white. I see it as right is wrong or right is right and right and wrong is wrong. But then again, there's people who see who see it as a blur or as a gray area. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there are there's so many people that I understand. I can understand why you would think that. But when you look at it this way, it is still one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's like, right or wrong. It's right, right or wrong. And that's why I've always um, I've 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 always had to pick which one it is you know is this is this um decision going to lead to something that is going to be beneficial to me in life or is it going to lead to something that is going to be not detrimental to me and that's just that's just how life is with everybody I'm glad you brought that up, and I'll out. I'm I'll glad t- he got you with the glad you brought that up. On <laughs> I'm usually the guy. Like right. I'll be talking, and they be like, "I'm glad you brought that up." Because uh, that was what I that. wanted to close <laughs> on. Because we always talk about comic book characters and how they reflect mm. some element of our experiences that mm-hmm. we can connect with, and I think that's what drives the comic book characters so heavily into people's lives because mm-hmm. they can associate with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was something that I saw a long time ago, uh, and I bring this up because we have this. He's a huge Joker or Batman fan, Batman, and, and yeah. Joker is a big part of the Batman story. Mm-hmm. There is no Batman without Joker, mm-hmm. but there was this Joker poster that I saw once, and it said, um, as a kid, you... You love the heroes, heroes but, but as, as an, an adult, adult you, you understand, understand the, the villains. villains. Yeah, like I, saw I get it, thing. and he's you know he mm-hmm. he's always understood Joker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I had to explain it to him initially, but he understood it at a level that most people don't, don't get it. It like, took me it took me a while, but you know I I remember I used to find the Joker so scary honestly and yeah. you know because he, he was maniacal. he was a maniacal clown you know the the first scary joker story that i watched or not watched the first scary joker that um comic book that i ever read it was literally just called joker and it was it has some extremely like graphic elements to it and it was like 
you know, one like I don't want to say too much, but like the one that stuck out to me the most was when he literally skinned a man alive on the backstage and then brought him out to in front of a hundred people. I was thinking to myself, how could that? how could a man, <laughs> how could a human being do something that sinister and pure evil to another person? Right. But then I realized, wait, Joker wasn't joker when he was born right something had to have happened for him to turn into this monster and that's where i think where you dad came in you know he was like you as you as a kid you love the hero but as the adult you understand the villains i may not be an adult but i sure do understand the villains honestly (laughs) because and i guess the i won't go too deep down that rabbit hole because that could be a two-hour conversation (laughs) but but what i did want to touch on is how we allow these fictional characters to become a part of our own stories. Mm-hmm. Like I associate directly with Superman. Mm. I'm not an alien, uh-huh. right? I wasn't brought here from on a spaceship from a foreign planet. I can't fly or save everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. But there's something about Superman's principles mm-hmm. that I just feel like that's what drives me. Yeah, but the exact, guy too. but the yeah, exact man. same is true of. Tony Montana, yeah, he wasn't a comic book character, but he was still a he was still he a was fictional a character, character. Yeah. and even though he was a Miami drug kingpin, there were just certain principles about him that I feel like to this day I still adhere yeah, to. You stand on those. I stand mm-hmm. on those same principles. It, the Hulk, same thing. It's like mm-hmm. the same things that drive him drive me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I feel this this like this magnetic connection to mm-hmm. these things. And I see that a lot in these kids with these TV shows. Like, mm-hmm. he got this Stranger Things hoodie Stranger Things hoodie on. Right? Yeah. You know, there's this certain elements of of social interaction and pop culture and comic books and everything mm-hmm. else that they just feel like they have to connect to. Is Do you think, in your opinion, because I have my All own right. opinion, but in today's day and age, mm-hmm. those outside influences are much less valuable, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There were there were you know there were things we looked up to back in the day the Carl Winslows and the Uncle Phil yeah, those Uncle were the Phil's fictional there. characters right. you don't even I mean you know who those people are yeah. but nowadays you're looking up to people that are doing things that can't even really be done mm-hmm. yeah you like some I mean? someone who can fly they're kind of tearing down like all those those right. father figures that we had. Oh they're yeah, they're all they're, the culture that we live in. They tear down everything that Cancel we culture, right. that we kind of valued and right. you like. I can't cancel that. That was a big part of my life. What do you mean, Mm -hmm. cancel that? But they brought something to us that nobody's bringing anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? James St. Patrick was not Uncle Phil. No. You know what I mean? But James St. Patrick was the guy that everybody wanted. I want to be Ghost, too. You know what I mean? But all of a sudden, I don't want to be Ghost no more because Ghost is doing bad things. You know what I mean? I would never tell my kid, this is who I want you to look up to, Mm -hmm. this fictional character. If it was... Uncle Carl or Carl Winslow? Yeah, okay, yeah. Cop living at home taking care of his kids. Bill Cosby? Yeah, okay. Doctor. Yeah. Doctor with a lawyer for a wife. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, there's other people, you know, like you said, you've always admired the ideals of people like Superman and I can't remember the other guy you said. Hulk, Hulk and, yeah. you know, people like that. Fictional characters, something that couldn't exactly happen in the real world but you know the idea is still there and that's always been me with 
Spider-Man and Batman. Right. Spider-Man and Batman are two of the most relatable characters in fiction, in my opinion, because, you know, when it comes to, let's say, Spider-Man, Spider-Man was an accident. He didn't he didn't choose to become Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but because of the lesson taught to him and bestowed into him by Uncle Ben, you know, with the power that you have, it becomes your responsibility to protect others. Mm-hmm. And I've always admired that that ideology of with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, that's exactly what you mm-hmm. get from that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you got Batman, who was so traumatized by his parents' death that happened right in front of him. But, you know, when something like that would happen in the real world, you would expect that person, that child, to be to grow up into a cynical, maniacal person like Joker. Let's, the Joker. Yeah. Exactly. But Bruce Wayne, Batman, when he grew up, he devoted his mind, soul, and body to taking that pain and, you know, like his motto is, to endure and turn that pain into something, into a force of good, mm. and I've always, I've, I love that that um, that idea of tur- of turning darkness and pain and turning it into something good. Yeah, that's what I've always loved about yeah. Batman. If, if more, if more kids would think like, because we live in a society where mm-hmm. every day is darkness and pain yeah. in certain areas. Like yeah. everybody don't grow up in Mayberry. Everybody don't grow up. On the good end of the stick, you know what I'm saying? So when you talk about our our environments, you got this dark area, Mm -hmm. and people go through, kids go through so much, but then they don't have no type of way to turn that energy into good energy, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? The only thing they think is like, I wish I wasn't here anymore, or I'm just going to go out and just do something bad because mm-hmm. everything bad over here anyway I could do something bad over here it, it's you know I, I was watching a video earlier today just happened to pop up on my feed because of course I watch videos like everybody <laughs> but um it was a guy talking about heroes and villains he said you know there's there's a commonality between him uh, heroes and villains that sometimes mm-hmm. gets overlooked they all have a trauma story mm. the the hero is almost always an orphan he is almost always abandoned from his family. Superman, mm-hmm. Batman, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Hulk. Uh, Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, his father basically his father killed, his, killed his mom and, and then abandoned him. Right. Abandoned him. All of them. All of them had a trauma story that is somehow uh, um, built around pain, a pain or a loss of a parent, some mm-hmm. some abandonment, some orphanage. Even Tony Stark. Even yeah, his father. Yeah. His well, no, his parents were killed, but you know, his father wasn't ever really there. Yeah, there's always this abandonment issue. Same thing with the villains. Mm, if you listen it's to even the worse villains, with the villains, they have the, the the only thing. The only he said the only distinction between the hero and the villain is how they respond to the pain. Exactly. That's exactly. It. Either I'm gonna destroy everything, or right. I make everything better. He says you either look at it and go, "This happened to me, and I don't ever want it to happen to anybody." Mm-hmm. Else, mm-hmm. Or you look at it and go, "This happened to me, so it should happen to you too." Exactly, and that's why and it literally takes them in two different directions. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's I've deep. always loved the dynamic between Batman and Joker. Right, Batman was exposed to a tr- deep-rooted trauma, and he said, "I will never allow while I, while I live and breathe, I will never allow someone else to feel the pain that I feel every day." Mm. Joker went through not the same, but a similar and much as just as traumatizing experience and said, 
wow, if this is what humanity or society is capable of, then who am I, who are these people to not endure the same thing that I did? And I will spend every day proving to everyone else that we are all the same. We are all cynical, maniacal clowns that are just as capable of committing as much evil as I am. Right. And that's exactly that's the dynamic between Batman and Joker. They are literally the two two sides of the same coin. Same coin. Exactly. Right. Just one just chose to go one way and one chose right. to go the other. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a it's, it's fascinating. A, it's a fascinating, beautiful poetic poetic sorrow. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's humanity at its finest or at its worst. But it's literally just a singular choice mm-hmm. by an individual. I've never been One choice. In, uh, com- you know how I am interested. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but this, Xavier got me interested, man. Because the way he explained the things, I'm like, hmm. Because it's it's not <laughs> okay. I see what you're coming from. Okay. Yeah, it's not as as you know childish, childish as, we as it be. seems. Yeah. Like I literally like just the other week, I was telling you. We were watching, what was it? The I think it was The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. We were watching The Dark Knight, and I was like, you know, I'm really not as interested in the big, flashy, pow, pow, boom, bam superheroes as I am Batman or Spider-Man. Because right. the message in those movies or characters is just, oh, you know, it's just children, cartoons, you know, something visually um, entertaining, something that you can get joy, something yeah. visually stimulating that you right. can get enjoyment from. But Batman... He, it's so weird. Batman does something to me, man. It's like he, <laughs> Cause he's, it's because he's a his, simple hero. Exactly. He's like he's not all a, he's his not gadgets a superhero. Are, mm-hmm. All his gadgets are gadgets. They're not really like a superpower that he, he has. He didn't get it from you know natural this like, birth. This is like, like dude, Superman. I made this person, and this mm-hmm. is who I am, and I'm I'm a badass. You know and I think saying? that's like, what's wow. always made Batman so relatable is that mm-hmm. he wasn't a superhero. Yeah. He didn't he's a have dude. He was just a guy a in a suit guy. with. And put a suit on it with a lot like, of intention but that's why that's why a lot of people don't like batman because you think they because they had the idea of a superhero being you know supernatural, supernatural exactly yeah, yeah. but that's what i equate superhero with yeah. that is a superhero i need you to be flying through the air i need you to be have blowing, a cape doing some air bending mm-hmm. i need you to <laughs> blow some fire out your mm-hmm. eyes real quick <sighs> I got mm-hmm. you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's what I want to see. Yeah, Batman has never been labeled a superhero. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy in a, a suit. hero. Because he's even been I, I I don't follow, but hasn't he been on the bad end of things at one point in time in his? You, his well, you mean sequel? in the sense of like he like a bad Batman? He was a bad man. He was a bad guy. Yeah, like he right. was a villain. Yeah. I mean, that's like, everybody. Like the, like the <laughs> yeah, they, city was they, against him, and it was like. Well, oh, that's no. that's always been the case. He's the he's the uh, the outcast. No, they call. But him he's the, saving uh, the day, though. At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the vigilante. That's the vigilante. Yeah. Uh, the cops the hate him. The cops, cops hate, hate him. him. The city. The city hates him. Yeah. But he still goes out every night fighting the people that try to inflict the same pain onto other people that in the same pain that he feels all the time because right. of something that happened to him. Right. And that's why I've always admired Batman because of his his um persistence, persistence yeah. you know. I get it. But People, but but think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. Joker is trying to subject the innocent to his pain mm-hmm. as a criminal and Batman is trying to subject the criminal to the, to the pains pain. of the innocent. 
Mm-hmm. The innocent goes through the same, but you the ones that put us through this. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give you what you give them. It's like you said. It's it's humanity's idea as a as at its finest. Yeah. You know, it's one side or the other. Joker, Batman, right, wrong, black, same white, person. exactly. Yeah. Yin Yang. Different missions. Mm-hmm. And, and the the reason I bring that up, just to kind of wrap this all up in all this right. context, is because as children as people looking for some level of guidance Mm -hmm. if you don't interact in your child's life as a parent they're going to go to the hero Mm -hmm. or they might go to the villain exactly you don't know which way they're going to go which which interest is going to pull them in he's you know his first everybody say oh you know you you equate xavier with Mm spider-man the only reason he ever got Interested in Spider-Man? Wait for this. Was because of Venom. Mm-hmm. It was Venom it was that villain. literally woke him up to comic books. Wow. I got he jump saw, scared. He got, it was, I'll never forget, it was Spider-Man 3 when he came, when he fell off of that. Um, when uh, the symbiote when, fell when off. The symbiote fell off of him from the bell ringing. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever saw Spider-Man no, 3, Tobey Maguire. I know the characters. So yeah. I'm, I'm it. Mm-hmm. When when he made that first roar as, as, at the as Venom, mm-hmm. He freaked out. And in his mind, it was, what's going to stop that? And here comes Spider-Man, this hero Mm -hmm. that takes this thing down. He's like, that's the guy. (laughs) And it's been the guy ever since. (laughs) Ever since. You know what I mean? That's literally how it came to pass. But he could have looked at at Venom Venom and said, Mm -hmm. that's the guy. Go get that spider dude that took your career away or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he would have been in a whole different frame of mind. I would have been so different. Right, but but it's but this is what so this is what parents are being subjected to every day, and if you don't pay attention, you have no influence yeah. over which direction they go in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was fortunate that he came to me and said, "What are they going to do about this?" You know what I mean? This he didn't monster. say that, but that was his mentality, and I, and I had to explain to him, "This is the way it goes. Some people out here just want the worst for you. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a way." to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And they've got away in this movie and we're going to see it. And he, so he became affectionate towards the hero. Mm-hmm. And at the time he didn't understand the villain. He just realized mm-hmm. that the villain had a, a hard on or a gripe against the superhero. Mm-hmm. But then as he got older, he came to realize that there's a lot of bad people mm-hmm. or a lot of people that do bad things because of something that somebody did to them. Mm-hmm. And that became kind of his coping mechanism with the whole or his introduction to the whole world of mental health. Mm-hmm. Because the fact of the matter is these are all mental health issues. Mental health issues, exactly. Right? All villains are based on mental health issues. Some superheroes, too. And some superheroes mm-hmm. as Batman well. Batman is the epitome yeah, yeah. Of, of depression. Mental, mental of, right. He's, he's literally what mental illness does to a person and what you can do with that mental illness. Exactly. And that's the key. You can use that mental illness that you have to improve your Your situation situation. Mm -hmm. as a whole. Mm. Just don't go hitting people with battering. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we we go in it on that because I think that's a good way to wrap it up. You know, it's all about participation. It's all about parents being involved in what their kids are doing. 
you didn't really have a choice, but I do appreciate you coming out, X, because <laughs> you, you were riding with me, so you had to come. Uh, I, I you definitely, I love this. This is <laughs> awesome. This yeah, is, it's, nah, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I mean, sit around and talk with you. Like, I mean, this is the thing of the new age of podcasting is what people like to do. Yeah, now. we watch yeah, the news. Yeah, yeah. Y'all listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But y'all, that, y'all that that's also, you know, because, you know, part back, like, not to, jump back into the rabbit hole but you know with the other things about you know school mm-hmm. and you know school is not exactly the best place to find joy but you know it's something that we can learn from mm-hmm. and i think podcasts do that too absolutely it's a it's a unique way of blending in, in ter- entertainment with education, education. Yeah. and i've always liked that about podcasts Good man, and learning how to how to actually articulate yourself and talk. Yeah, because some kids don't like to talk. But I mean, I had that already, but I mean, yeah, you, know, you got that. that. But no, it, it you know for for kids to some extent, this might be a good way to kind of come out of your shell. So, yeah, um, you know. I think he should have his own show. At I some think point. <laughs> you know, I used to, I used to imagine myself on a podcast because I think I thought I could do it because yeah. I felt like I had I a think lot if to you say. Got around yeah. your peers, it would be way more of an entertaining thing to a lot of people in your age. Oh my mm-hmm. god! You know what I'm saying? They'll be y'all sitting here, be sitting here talking and be like, Xavier got how many views? How many, <laughs> how many streams? Right. Why is he getting streamed? Like, because he's talking about what they want to talk to, want mm-hmm. to talk about. Exactly. You know, we talk about, we trying to figure y'all out. Right, we're trying to figure y'all out, and y'all y'all telling us what we need to know. Right, right. But y'all speaking code, so. But you know, I, I do think as much as y'all talking to each other would be of entertainment. I think, mm-hmm. to your point, us talking to you is education for yeah. people in yeah, my age I think group. That's, so that's the that's the main part to bridge that gap. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And if we can bridge that gap, then we can make everything a better place. We can Absolutely. we can we can raise better kids. We mm-hmm. can be more informed about what our kids are doing. We ain't got to try to figure out what these shorthand words mean and all of that but it starts it starts with us it starts with us y'all have to be willing to listen Mm -hmm. and to talk yeah Mm -hmm. and that's that's something that we gotta encourage we as parents have to encourage y'all to do it Mm -hmm. y'all as children have to you know kind of let your hair down and allow that process to take place so i'm fortunate i got a good kid i got three good kids you know they um they are not (laughs) they're not the easiest people on this planet to deal with but you know, at the same time, I know it could be a whole lot worse because I see what a lot of people are dealing with. So I do appreciate and I love you for being a good kid, man. Oh, you too. Yeah. Not, not making my life a Oh, look at the man. moment. <laughs> put a round of applause right there. Don't put, don't put it weird. Don't make it weird. Don't make, don't it, make it weird, man. Hey, Come I, on now. I really do appreciate you coming in, and I appreciate everybody for listening to this episode. This is AG's Convos. And we out. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes.